Hey guys, it's Taylor from the New York Gun Guys podcast here. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about gun shows. What I've learned from going to gun shows and what I've learned from people who've gone to a lot more than me. But first, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcasts from. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the New York Gun Guys podcast. My name is Taylor. Guys, it's been a little bit since we've done a show. Um, so here we are. We're doing another show. <laughs> uh, my man that's sitting over here doing the production has uh, had a little uh, little bit of the coof, the COVID uh, Wuhan flu, so to speak. So we had to kind of take a break for a little bit. But we're back now. Everything's good. Um, yes, that person is who you might think it is if you've listened to the show for a long time, but, um, he's involved. So, you know, just know that. Um, so basically, yeah, like I said in the intro today, we're going to be talking about gun shows. What is a gun show? What I've learned and what I've learned from people who've gone to a lot more gun shows than I have. Um, it's kind of a topic that really isn't going to be any sort of big, you know, information that nobody really knows already, but, you know, I was at a gun show today, or a military show technically, that had some guns there, but, you know, I figured I'd, I'd talk about it, because a lot of times I see on on, in, on the internet and, and forums and whatever, oh, I'm going to a gun show, what should I do, or oh, I saw this today, how should I, like, should I buy, should I not, it's like, so I'm just going to be giving you some of my thoughts um, and, and opinions on it. So basically, what is a gun show? That's a term that's thrown around a lot in the media. And they, they kind of give it a bad rep. But the, the, uh, technically, a gun show is a, a legal term. It's basically an event that's sponsored, that's sanctioned, where there are firearms being sold, typically by private sellers or by FFLs that are outside of their business location. <clears throat> so a gun show, typically in the eyes of the ATF, is one that's run by some sort of promotion company, that's advertised open to the public and that people could come into and engage in commerce of buying and selling firearms, accessories, and related things. Uh, picture a flea market, so to speak. Now, depending on what state you're in, the laws vary. But no matter what state you're in, if you're buying from a licensed FFL dealer, whether they're at a gun show or in their place of business, their you know actual address that's on their FFL, you have to undergo a 4473 background check. <clears throat> this gun show loophole that a lot of these politicians and people like to talk about, it's not a loophole, it's state law. In a lot of states, there's what's known as private sales. So if a person's not a federally licensed individual to engage in the business of selling firearms, they could sell a firearm to another individual who is allowed to have that gun. If they're not a prohibited person, they could sell it to them without going through an FFL or without going through a 4473. Now, these states, um, you have to be usually of a certain age. You can't be a prohibited person. And honestly, of a seller of a firearm has to kind of do their due diligence. Hey, are you a prohibited person? Are you a convicted felon? Typically, what happens is they just take down your name, your information, your you know copy of your driver's license, whatever. So that way they could have a record. And if something were to ever happen with that gun down the road, they could be like, oh, I sold it to John Smith. He told me he wasn't a felon. Here's his information. There you go. That's what allegedly the gun show loophole is. Now, 
if you are not a if you are a prohibited person, you can't buy that gun legally anyway. So again, criminals will find a way to break the law to get what they want, and ultimately, our society doesn't feel like punishing them, which you know we see in the news a lot lately. So gun shows, um, you could look them up. Um, you could see where they are in uh, the area that I live in, Long Island, downstate New York. There's usually uh, one kind of big one or one medium-sized one, depending, I guess, where you are, like twice a year. And then there's some upstate as well. Out-of-state gun shows. So if a resident of New York wants to go to, let's just say, Pennsylvania, hey, I'm going to go to Pennsylvania. They got really more lax laws than here. I'm going to buy a handgun in Pennsylvania. Not so fast. If you go to purchase a firearm out of state, technically you have to abide by the state that you are in that you reside in and the state that you're buying the firearm from. So let's just say a New York resident goes to Pennsylvania. Now with our new laws signed by our Fuhrer government governor Hochul, you cannot buy a semi-automatic rifle in Pennsylvania anymore, regardless of if it's compliant or not. Back before this law was passed, you could go over to Pennsylvania, buy a compliant 1022, for example, do your background check because it's a state that borders New York and bring it back home, no problem. Now, you cannot do that. You could still go there and buy other long arms, rifles of uh, non-semi-automatic nature and shotguns, but, you know, you can't buy the semi-auto ones anymore. You also can't buy handguns. Uh, handguns are a special kind of class of things that has to be done through FFL. So if you're an out-of-state resident, you cannot take possession of a handgun without going through FFL. So typically, let's just say I road trip to Pennsylvania. And if I had a handgun license in New York, I see a gun at a shop there that I want, they would have to then send it to my home state FFL, and then I'd have to do the procedure here in New York to put that handgun on my license and, you know, do do it like everyone knows how to do it here. <clears throat> so... um. Gun shows. That's basically in a nutshell. There's many other things that are being bought and sold at gun shows. There's ammunition. There's accessories. There's militaria. There's beef jerky and jewelry and <laughs> tasers and all this other stuff. Um, you know, sometimes gun shows get a bad rap for, oh, the old guy selling beef jerky and whatever. It's like, yeah, okay. Obviously, there's not good quality gun shows. So if you go to a gun show and you don't like it, okay, maybe... Don't go to that one first next time. But I always say that you need to go to gun shows because otherwise they disappear. I'm a huge proponent of gun shows. And even if you don't buy anything, you spend 8 to $10, you walk around, you talk with people, you learn something, you make some connections, and then, you know, what's a better way to spend your Saturday? You'll, you'll buy some crappy drink from Starbucks for you and your girlfriend or your wife and spend way more money. So go out and have a good time at the gun show. Um, <laughs> so if I'm planning a day to go to the gun show, um, some things I'll bring with me. Now... Obviously, like I said, anything I say here isn't going to be groundbreaking news. It's not going to be this revelation of, oh, my God, I, why didn't I think of that? It's just everyone, this is common knowledge, but I'm just going to tell you my thought process. Bring a bag. Bring a bag with you. <laughs> a lot of these sellers don't have plastic bags or things to give you, and if you're walking around with a bunch of odds and ends and things of ammo and you don't want to make five trips to your car, just bring a bag. If you plan on buying a firearm bring a case or a rifle bag or a pistol case because um, you, as the buyer, you know, if you go to buy a gun, that guy might not give you a case for the gun. He goes, All right, you're buying the gun. Here you go. They reuse those cases. The sellers, a lot of times, if they're selling a lot of guns, they'll keep the cases and reuse them. Um, I remember a little, little story. The first, one of the first guns I ever bought, 
It was a Chinese SKS, and I bought it at the Hapag uh, gun show here years and years and years ago. <clears throat> and I remember I didn't have a case or a sleeve for it or anything, and I was walking around the show, and I had it slung over my shoulder, you know, muzzle pointed up in a safe direction, even though it was obviously unloaded, but you just don't want to be carrying around willy-nilly. And everyone kept asking me if it was for sale, and I said no. And after a while, I was young. I was in my early 20s, and I'm like, oh, I guess this is the international sign for I'm selling a gun, just walking around with it over my shoulder, open, you know, whatever. So um, you learn. You kind of learn real quick. And if you don't want to be bothered with a 1,000 people asking you for something for sale, get a case, put it in there or a sleeve, and just walk with it. Nobody's going to bother you. Some people might. They might just hey, what you got in there? Is it for sale? No, but less people will. Um, <laughs> so, you know, that, that's just one thing. Bring a bag. If you're going to just go there for ammo or military, just bring a decent sized bag, small enough bag. Or, you know, um, if you're going with a kid who's maybe a child in a stroller, you could use that. Or, you know, if you're going with somebody else, but definitely consider bringing in a, a case or a bag. Um, now what you're going for to a gun show for could vary. I mean, you could go there and just be an open slate and just looking at everything. Sometimes you might go to a gun show and you'd be like, you know what? I want a specific gun, or I want to see if somebody there has a specific gun. If you're in the market for something specific, know something about it before you go somewhere to look for it. Um, this is the biggest thing that I see. Um, you'll go on Facebook uh, groups and be like, hey, I just bought this gun today. Uh, can anyone tell me anything about it? And then people in the comments will be like, do five minutes of Googling and then come to us with questions, which... Some people find is an offensive thing, but honestly, just like the information's out there. Um, kind of know what you're getting into. Now, sometimes you'll see a deal on something and it's so cheap and you don't know anything about it and you just buy it and you you do the research after. I've done that plenty of times. Or you do you find something interesting and you kind of know a little bit about it, but then you learn more about it after you buy it. And as long as you don't get hosed on the price, that's a good thing. But if you're looking for something, even like if, if you're looking for a rifle, let's just say, because I'm going to tell you a story here, and it's a significant amount of money, know something about it before you plunk down some money. Here's a story. Um, I might have even told this one on the on the, the episode I did about the Hot Pog gun show. So the last gun show in May of 2022, or September of 2022, sorry. Um, I was walking around. I had the table set up for the podcast. Thanks again for everyone who came out and said hi, shook hands, gave me a fist bump, whatever. Greatly appreciate it. I was walking around, and this seller, I walked past the seller's table. He had a whole bunch of mill syrups there. And he was talking to this younger guy, probably in his early 20s. And what piqued my interest was he was telling this kid about the gun. He said, yeah, this is a 1945 German K98K, so you know it was definitely used in the war. And I'm like, you know, the bells started going off my head. I'm like, 1945? Germany surrendered in, like, like the middle of 1945. I'm like, if this was made in 1945, there's no way it got to the front line before then. So that he's he's telling this kid all this stuff. He's like, "Oh, look at the bluing. Look at this. Look at this." And this kid's buying it. And there's a fine line to where you interject and to where you don't. I didn't because maybe this kid knew what he was talking about. Maybe he knew everything about K98s. He didn't say anything back to the seller yet. And at the end of their interaction, he kind of walked away. And that's when I looked at the gun. So a little bit of gun show etiquette. If somebody's talking to the seller of something and they have something in their hands or they're looking at something, you could stand next to them and, and you know, kind of hover a little bit, but don't interfere and don't interrupt because it's not your deal. It's not your business. Unless it's so blatantly like the guy's lying and you feel that this guy's being hosed and you want to say something, 
that's up to you, but it's a really kind of individualist, like individual situation kind of thing. So this kid wound up walking away, and I go over to the gun, and I pick it up, and, you know, I'm looking at it, I'm like, okay, the stock is mismatched, it's got a Yugoslavian stock on it, the numbers were perpendicular to the action, I'm pretty sure, yeah, it was perpendicular to the action, so it was a mismatched stock, but the rest of the gun looked nice, but what I'm looking at, it was a Czechoslovakian K98K, and I'm like, okay, it's Czech-made, it's not German, it's Czech-made, big difference, especially for the price. Now... The price I think he was asking was like $1,800. And I'm like, okay, not that bad for a check gun, but with a mismatched stock, it's definitely not worth that much. So I, I put the gun down, and I, I didn't tell the seller anything because, again, you know, if I tell him something, he could be like, oh, yeah, thanks. And then he's, you know, if he's if he's selling this shtick to somebody, he's not going to listen to me. So a little while later in the show, I see this kid, another kid walking around with the gun. And I'm like, did you just buy that from that guy over there? And he said, yeah, I did. I'm like, Hey, so I'm going to tell you something about this gun, and I don't want you to feel offended or anything, but it's really a Czech-made gun, and, and I showed him everything. He's like, oh. I'm like, did he tell you it was German and made in 1945 and it was definitely used in the war? And I'm like, yeah. He said, yeah, he did. And I'm like, yeah, that's just not true. And you still got a cool gun. You, you might have overpaid for a bit, but, hey, you'll enjoy it. It's a cool gun. You'll learn about it. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to go home and look it up now. And I'm like, okay. What he really should have done, that kid, was taken five minutes of Googling and just Googled it and just looked it up. Because, honestly, five minutes of Googling would have told him that it was a Czechoslovakian gun based on the factory code and, obviously, the year. And he could have even looked up when Germany surrendered. I think it was, like, June or something in 1945. Um, so know what you're getting into. And if you don't, you have to really be expect. You, you really shouldn't be disappointed if you get hosed or... If you bought something and it's not what you expected or the condition wasn't great, and yeah, you can't disassemble a gun when you're looking at it, like a used gun especially. You can't just be taking it apart at the table. Now that gets into another topic, gun show etiquette, right? We, we, had, a, we, had, an, we had a previous episode on gun shop assholes, episode 13, but <laughs> gun show etiquettes are a whole new thing. Typically what I do, and again, everyone is different, but typically what I do is if I'm going up to a table and I see a gun there, Let's just say it's a rifle because in New York, they don't just have pistols laying around. But let's just say it's a rifle. Typically, if the guy's there, I say, hey, can I just pick up and look at this rifle? Typically, he'll say, yeah. So I pick it up. I look at it. Now, a lot of times the actions are zip tied shut. But if I'm buying a gun, I got to look at the bore condition. I got to look at the chamber. I got to look at the bolt. So if it's open, you know, if, if it's if it's not zip tied, I'll ask, hey, you mind if I just like open it up, check check out the bore? Usually they'll say, yeah. Or if it's zip-tied and you're really considering the gun, they're not going to be replacing 10,000 zip-ties a day. If you're really considering the gun and you want to be like, hey, I really like this gun, but before I buy it, I just want to check the board. Would you mind cutting the zip-tie? You know, they might. And sometimes they might just be like, oh, just look at it from the muzzle end. And then you got to get a light and look at it and whatever. And you got to assume it's unloaded, which is a big thing, because some guy, just because some guy has a gun out on the table doesn't mean that it's, it's loaded or not. You don't know. So obviously, before you pick up any gun, if able, check and make sure it's unloaded, which... You would assume it is, but never assume. So, you know, I always ask before I do something. If I want to just, you know, run the action, you just say, hey, can I run the action on this? Yeah, sure. You know, usually they're pretty cool about it. You don't point it at people. If you want to look down the sights, you point it up at the sky or the, the ceiling, depending if it's indoor or outdoor. And, you know, you don't point it at people, just general firearm safety handling. Obviously, it's in a show. You're going to get muzzled all the time at a gun show, but all the guns are supposed to be empty, and you just kind of take that. You walk past a table, and all the muzzles are pointing at your nuts anyway. 
like what are you gonna do it's oh he's muslim like just just stop like you're at a gun show everything's supposed to be unloaded obviously but you know expect some sort of muzzling at a gun show but if you're handling a gun do your best to not point it at anyone point it up at the sky if you're looking at the board and you're holding up to a light do that um and then you know if you don't want the gun you put it down and you just say all right thank you appreciate it you know you be nice don't be an asshole there's really no need for it and you just move on if you don't like the price of somebody's stuff you could barter you, you know you could haggle back and forth but don't be an asshole if they don't want to sell it then they don't want to sell it it's what it is um so gun shows are great i really like gun shows bring a bag that's a biggie which i actually picked up <laughs> funny enough i i picked up that little tip from uh danny over at milsurp world he did a great video on gun shows and what to bring and whatever and i'm like oh yeah she'd bring it back you don't think of it half the time you're going somewhere you know you show up you don't expect to buy as much stuff as you do just bring it back so if you like uh old milsurps like i do here's a little plug ola feel free to check out milsurp world and join their patreon great bunch of guys if when you get access to their discord so shout out to everyone there and uh go check out milsurp world great guys um so this kind of thought process also extends to other things. So if you're at a gun show and you see a screaming deal on something, like today, for example, I was walking past the table and I saw a uh, 6.5 Arsaka Type 38, and I saw it had a price tag of $195 on it. $195. I said, that's, that's super cheap. What's wrong with it? Immediate, what's wrong with it? Is it a trainer? Is it welded up? Is it missing parts? I'm like, it looks clean. Everything looks good. So I go over to the gentleman at the table. I say, hey, what's with the uh, the, the Type 38 over there? You got a price tag of 195 Is it is it working? Is it missing pieces? Like $195. Oh, no, that's what I paid for it. I forgot to take the tag off. And I'm like, ah, oh, all right. And he wanted $350, which is a decent price for a Type 38. It didn't have the mum on it or anything. But um, So I'm just like, all right, I wound up passing. So sometimes if a deal is too good to be true, it's not true. Um, that also rings true for a lot of things. Um, if you're looking at something on Facebook or arms list and you see something that's too good to be true, don't let your impulsivity of missing out on a deal lead you down that road. And I'll tell you a story that happened to me personally the other day. And thankfully, I had some friends that were really knowledgeable and did five minutes of Googling for me before I whipped out some money and potentially blew up a gun. Um, I was on Facebook and I follow this, uh, I'm not going to name names, but a certain SOT who does machine gun rentals that I've had a lot of great experiences with in the past. And <clears throat> I saw that they had posted, it said cheap, 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 308 surplus. They had pictures of like 50 and 100 round bags. And it said, you know, message for details. So I message and I say, hey, what's the deal on the 308? And he says, it's 56 cents a round or whatever. Uh, CBC surplus, and I'm like, oh, CBC. Okay, I've heard of that. They they're a Brazilian made. They're a Brazilian company. They make a lot of ammo. They they also have a factory in Germany. Whatever. It's an it's a name. And then I'm like, it's fifty six cents around. That's stupid cheap. I'm like, yeah, okay, no problem. And then I I message a friend about it. I say, hey, you know, I just got this ammo. I'm gonna get this ammo for super cheap. He's like, what's the head stamp on the ammo? And I asked the seller, I said, hey, what's the head stamp on? He's like, 75, 1975. So my friend then tells me, he sends me this link that CBC ammo from 1975 and 762 NATO 308 has been declared unsafe and known to blow up guns. And I'm like, oh, 
They said the chamber pressures in some of the guns and some of the rounds of test was like 130,000 PSI. Two machine guns have been blown up over it. It's like a known issue. And I'm like, and then it, it's kind of like what, what a lot of guys call the, uh, the post nut clarity starts setting in. You're like, well, wait a minute. Why are they selling off this 308 super cheap when they're a machine gun rental company and they'll probably bless that. I'm like, why? And then it just started all coming through. I'm like, Oh, so I messaged the, the the company. I'm like, hey, so I sent them the link. I said, hey, so I'm not going to buy this. This is, this ammo has known issues. Don't know if you knew about it. Uh, thanks. And um, they took the post down. I guess maybe they didn't know or maybe they did know, but they were just trying to offload it cheap without telling anyone. Who knows? But that could have been really bad. I could have really been injured. Gun could have been blown up. Other people could have been injured, and it's not worth it. Pull it for components, reload it, whatever. Um, so that's a part, that's a personal story that literally just happened to me last week. So if you're at a gun show or if you're in person doing something, if it's too good to be true, beware. And that gets back to my earlier point to where you really got to know what you're looking at or do some Googling. Um, you know, by military, we had an episode called controversial collecting episode 15, where I talk about collecting, uh, North Korean stuff, German stuff, whatever that some people might find quote unquote controversial, whatever, if that's their opinion, but, you know, just today I, I was looking at an item at this military show. I was at the, the Freeport military show, if anyone was there today. I was walking around with my young son, so you might have seen me. And uh, I was looking at this belt buckle, and, you know, I was asking the guy. I said, you know, how do you know this is original? And he's he's telling me, he's pointing out some things. He's like, yeah, I buy these from vets or whatever. And I said, okay. So he's like, you know, and this is a good seller. He's like, do me a favor. Before you leave today, walk to any seller here, or take some pictures of it, ask people, ask their opinion on it. If it's not original, come back, I'll give you the money back. And he said, okay, that's a, that's a sign of a good seller because anybody who could stand by their stuff, and a lot of people get burned by fakes. I mean, so many people get burned by fakes. That's why a lot of times I don't do the German stuff so often just because there's so many fakes out there, but I got a good price on it. So I was like, you know what? All right. And I did some research and yeah, okay, it's good. And I asked some people and they said, yeah, it's good. So, again, this is kind of where you have to know what you're getting into before you buy it. Otherwise, you could get burned. With guns, it's a lot harder unless you're really dealing with some high-end stuff like alleged SS, um, K98, or stuff like that. But, I mean, if you see a cheap enough surplus gun or, I mean, even a cheap enough AR-15, it's like, okay, obviously a used AR-15 shouldn't go as much as a new one, so it should be cheap. But, like, why is it cheap? Like, what's, you know, you got to look through everything. And if you know AR-15s, you know what you got to look for. Barrel, bolt, uh, bulges in the in the barrel, stuff like that. Cycle it, make sure everything's good, make sure the safety works, you know. And that's even just modern stuff. Um, so, yeah, you just really got to know what you're getting into. and um, And also, like I said, reach out to people. If you're standing at a gun show, if you're at a table and you just say, hey, I'm just going to phone a friend, I'm going to ask them. I mean, this is what gun shows are about, making connections. If you're in a Facebook group, take a couple of pictures and just say, hey, does this look good to you? Is this a good price? You know, and this is what the community is all about. If, you, if you're in a good gun community, people will be more than happy to help you with things. You know, if you just say, hey, does this does this bluing look right? Obviously, you can't Google, does this bluing look right? But if somebody who really knows what they're talking about can tell you if it was re-blued or not. Obviously, pictures are a little hard, but... Um, so, you know, and even with newer guns, if you're, if you're looking at a gun, you'd be like, 
you know, is this price a good price? Oh, no, yes, no. And you could do five minutes of gun gun broker searches, whatever. Gun broker searches are great. Um, see if they have bids. You know, if you're looking at a Glock, like a used Glock 19, go on gun broker, see what they're selling for, you know? It, depending on the generation, obviously, but sometimes gun broker, but you also have to take into, a fact that, into account that gun broker might be a little crazy on prices sometimes, so you could get a good ballpark and go from there. Um, so with gun shows and just buying things in general, firearms related, you know, learn about what you're doing. Sometimes there will be a deal that will pop up that is too good to pass up and you honestly don't have enough time to, to look into it. You know, uh, today, for example, again, I kind of missed out on a good deal. I was walking around and there was a German party armband that this guy wanted $50 for. And I saw it. And I'm like, oh, this is, this, you know, it looks good. And I, I kind of know a little bit about the armbands just because I've, I've done a lot of, you know, a good bit of research on them and whatever. And I only, I stay away from certain ones and look at other ones, whatever. But I'm like, he's asking $50. I throw a counter off. He's like, no. And I'm like, all right, let me come back. Came back. It was gone. I'm like, yep, that's just the way it goes sometimes. So if you're looking at a gun, you know, um, I was at the, the this military show earlier this year with a friend of mine, and we walk in the door, and the first table there, there was a FN Mauser, and the guy wanted 250 bucks for it. And I am and I said to my buddy, I'm like, you know, for any Milserp that's in decent condition, that's a good price. You should just snag it up. Does it look okay? Okay. Does it have rust? Maybe a little bit. Okay. Is it functional? Yeah, it functions. You know, for $250 for a Milserp, you can't go wrong. And that can apply for anything, for a Glock, an AR, AK, whatever. Um, with the new laws though, that are in New York, kind of, <laughs> I, I kind of wanted today's episode to be a slight distraction from all the BS that we've been dealing with lately, but with the new laws that have come into play, the gun shows are hurting. And I know a lot of people who are like, well, screw them. You know, they don't, they don't, it's all overpriced junk and people who won't negotiate and they have crap at the shows. It's like, yeah, there is that. But at the same time, you have these people that come to these shows, keep the hobby going. I mean, I can't tell you how many people were there were happy to see my son walking around with me. My son's two, and they're, like, happy to see kids getting into this or people bringing families there. So, you know, these new laws now are coming down the pipe, and, you know, there was no ammo for sale at the show because now they require the whole taking of information, and some sellers are like, it's not worth it. Nobody's going to buy it anyway. Um, the same thing with the semi-autos. You know, you need this permit now. You need permission from the government to exercise a constitutional right that has been that that there was never anything wrong with it in the first place. This this BS permit it wasn't needed. And I've talked about it on other episodes and other things and I'm not going to get too much into it now, but literally the the wrong way to solve this problem. And I I talk with a gentleman, you know, you you chit-chat, you BS with guys there and kind of banter a little bit. And I'm like, you know, I, I told him I do a podcast, and every now and again I share news stories on the Facebook page about people committing acts of violence with illegal handguns, and unfortunately the legal gun owners and their their rifles and their shotguns and their pistols are getting wrapped up into it, and it's just not fair. And the state can do whatever they want, and these politicians can do whatever they want and pass these laws, and nothing happens to them. They won't get voted out because, unfortunately, they've brainwashed a certain left side of the political spectrum into constantly voting for them. Meanwhile, me, a law-abiding gun owner for my entire adult life, now has to live with these these restrictions that are truly an infringement, a monetary infringement, a societal infringement, a privacy infringement, and it's hurting people. 
it, it's hurting people, just their, their freedoms. It's hurting their businesses. It's hurting their, their way of life. And, you know, I wish some of these politicians would come to a gun show and, and talk to people like in the episode that I did about the hot pot gun show, just a while, just uh, about a month or two ago, I, I spoke to a guy there for, for over a half hour who wasn't a gun owner. He was some sort of County executive at one point or a legal person with the County. And I told him everything about gun shows and laws and this and this and this. And I hope I change his perception. If you if you happen to be listening to me now, I hope I change your perception on things or at least change your mind or open your mind a little bit. Um, I love gun shows. I really do. And if I'll spend 8 to $10 going to a gun show, spend a couple hours there, one to two hours on a weekend, and like I said, there's worse ways to spend your money. You give it to some organization or company like Starbucks that doesn't give a shit about you, or you can support people who directly support our hobbies, our rights, and our, our industry. Um, that's pretty much all I got to say on gun shows. I mean, it's kind of, <laughs> there's not much more you could say that hasn't been out there. But like I said, etiquette, be a nice person, um, go there armed with knowledge. And if you're not, phone a friend, talk to people, bring a bag, <laughs> bring cash. That's a big thing. I can't believe I forgot that. Cash, 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 cash. Bring cash with you. A lot of people my age now especially, I can't believe I forgot about this. I had it written down. A lot of people my age especially don't carry cash around. And most sellers at gun shows, unless they're an FFL and they have a terminal and everything, will not take debit or credit cards because they're not set up for it. Because they come there, they don't want to be dealing with that. ATMs at gun shows, they'll have a company bringing in an ATM. And the, the fee for it will be ridiculously high. And there'll be a $200 limit on what you can withdraw. So it's a $4 limit on $200. So if you got to take out $1,000, that's $16 you're paying to an ATM just to, you know, just or $20, $16, $20, whatever it is, just to, just to get your money out. It's ridiculous. Bring cash. Cash is king. And if you don't have enough cash, a lot of times if you say, hey, I want to buy this. I got a $50 bill on me. Let's just say it's $100, whatever you're buying. Hey, I got $50 left. Listen, I'll be right back. I'm going to run out to the ATM, whatever. Most people will hold it for you. And if they don't, that's not good either because you're giving them money in good faith that they'll hold it for you. So bring cash. Cash is king. Cash is not dead. I love cash. <laughs> um, bring more than you think you need. Worst case, you just got to stop at the bank another day or just kind of keep it in your pocket. Um, I think that's pretty much it. <laughs> I think that's all I got. Um. Yeah, support gun shows, bring cash, bring a bag, know what you're doing, know what you're getting into. Uh, don't be afraid to educate people, but do it in a polite way. And be good to your fellow people. Like I said on my, my last episode, you know, we all need to be better to one another in society. We all need to be better people. We all need to do better things. We all need to be just a, a better existence, basically. Because the way things I see, the way things that they're going, it's not good. Everyone's so concerned about themselves. Everyone's so concerned about them. Everyone's so concerned with their their five minutes of Instagram or TikTok fame, concerned about how many followers they have, yet those followers aren't doing anything for you. It's just a number on a screen that you stare at all day. So, But the people you interact at gun shows, the people that you meet, that you might shake hands with, that you might do business with, they're real. They're real people, and you're mutually helping one another in this life. So like I always say, be a good person. Do good things. And uh, most importantly, stay safe out there.